All right. Welcome, everybody. This is Peter Draws of the Peter Draws Content Free Podcast, episode 21. Now, at this point, if you haven't listened to all 20 of the previous previous um, Peter Draws Content Free Podcast, you may be wondering, Peter, do I need to go back and listen to those previous 20 episodes to get ca- caught up uh, on the story or the current state of the podcast, you know, you might be wondering, you might be worried if you're going to be, you know, out of place or lost. And the answer is no, you don't need to go listen to those. You probably should, but you don't need to because I don't even remember what I talked about in the previous 20 episodes. But we're here now and this is it. So welcome to episode 20 of Peter's Content Free Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Uh, You, the listeners, thank you, and the watchers, I appreciate you all being here, tuning in today, Uh, you make it all possible, just like really, just a big shout out to all of you for um, choosing this, tuning in with your little ears, you're doing great, and uh, thank you, yes. If you really do want to support me in a larger way, if you're looking on, uh, if you're on YouTube there, there's links below the video there. And uh, you can buy my books on Amazon. I get like half the profits from those. So if you buy like a $14 book from me, I probably get like $7, which is a pretty good split compared to like the, you know, like those prints I sell on Amazon. I mean, on like Society6 or whatever. Okay. Okay, but okay, sorry. Anyways, enough capitalist nonsense. This is not what this podcast is about, okay? Because we all know this is the raunchiest most uncensored, off-the-wall, craziest podcast out there today on the market that you can get to for free. And I need to update you on how my coffee habits are doing. Um, Basically, I drink one coffee. Actually, yeah, I'm on the cold brew train right now. Okay, I haven't had a hot cup of coffee in a, well, quite a while, I don't think. Actually, yeah, I don't think I have. I'm not saying I don't like hot coffee anymore, but I just haven't had one in a while. I've just been enjoying the cold brew. Actually, someone told me a while ago that they couldn't get into cold brew because they thought it was just so bitter. Uh, But in my experience, cold brew is way less bitter. Not to say I don't like bitter. I enjoy black coffee and how bitter it is, and I've become accustomed to that. But in fact, let me give you a a short run-through of what a, a typical day is like for me now. Um, and this is just as of like three weeks ago that I've, uh, I, I went on a trip, uh, with some friends for about a week out West. We went camping in Yosemite and, uh, like Sequoia National Park, some places out there in California. We went out there, we came back. And after that, I kind of re restructured, reinvented my life a little bit. Reinvented might be a little bit drastic, but that's what I attempted to do. Um, I'll talk about that trip a little bit too. Let me... It's starting to sound like this content, this podcast has some content, but I don't want to get anyone's hopes up, so I'll keep the name like it is. Um, let me let me run run you through what a typical day is like for me right now. I've kind of worked myself into a nice little routine, which I'm a big fan of. I like routines. I like habits. I like little rhythms like this. Um, so I I wake up, and I wake up after sleeping for seven and a half hours. You know, I think I've talked about this before. How I have a timer on my phone. Lately, I've, I've been trying to go to bed at around midnight, uh, not too much later than that. And, but also, I've been 
it's a little bit, I'm not sure what the, what the source of this is, but I'm also lately feeling like uh, seven and a half hours isn't enough anymore. And it might be due to the fact that I've been exercising more, um, which is another part of my routine, which I'll get to. So I wake up, uh, my, you know, my timer goes off and I wake up maybe at like seven 30 and maybe I, I kind of just lie in bed dozing for like 10 more minutes. So it's like seven 40. I get up, I pee, I uh, go like check my email, my computer, uh, and then I pour myself a glass of the cold brew coffee, and then I, I grab a, one of those chewy, uh, Nature Valley granola bars out of the box, the almond kind, and these are the ones with like the uh, like the little layer of, really nice tasty peanut butter on the bottom. So that's my breakfast: the, the glass of cold brew, and the, granola bar. And I take my breakfast out on the front balcony, my only balcony actually, and I take it out there and I eat that and consume it while I read. Oh my goodness. Last night, I just noticed something actually. Last night, I woke up in the middle of the night, I heard something fall. And I, I assumed it was like, actually, I haven't figured out what it was yet, but I just now figured out what it was. I'm looking over at my wall and I see an empty picture frame. One of my paintings fell out of a picture frame and I cannot see it while I'm sitting down because my desk and my computer monitors are in the way. And I'm kind of terrified to get up and look and see that it's face down on the, the painting is face down on the floor because what, because that's, that was one of my oil paintings I did recently. The one that I called a cosmic uterus, that one, I had just kind of like taped it into the frame because I didn't want to screw it in there because I didn't want it, that to be like its final resting place. Apparently it was not its final resting place. It was not resting easy at all. Not not ripping, not resting in peace. I, I might stand up real quick and take a peek at it on the floor. All right, hold on. It seems to have landed on, from what I can tell, it's face up, but it's also leaning against uh, that other big acrylic painting. I mean, other big oil painting I did, so I don't know, which I can't see the face of. So I don't know. There's an untold amount of damage. Uh, it could be good or it could be bad. I don't know. Everything's fine. Also, I feel like I have to burp right now. I think I have, all right, I burped a little bit. Anyway, so I got on the porch. I eat my breakfast of cold brew coffee and granola bar, but I also, and by then there's like a nice amount of sunshine because it's like, uh, it's like eight o'clock, not maybe just before eight o'clock. Right. And if, and this, all these times vary because I don't have like a bedtime or a, or a, or a waking time. Uh, and I take a book out there with me. I've been reading every morning. Uh, you know, right now I'm reading East of Eden by John Steinbeck. And before that, I read Wild by Cheryl Strayed. So I'm on my second book since starting this routine. I think I've been doing it for like two or three weeks now. So it's not like a super fast way to read books. Because um, I just sit out there for like 10, 15 minutes maybe. Maybe more if I get into a really good part of it. But then when I'm done with this, I finish off my uh, coffee. With, you know, the, the granola bar really only lasts like three or four bites. It goes quick, and then the coffee lasts a little longer, and it's a good way to wake me up. And I either do my morning poop right before I go out, or if it doesn't happen then, by the time I finish that coffee, I'm ready to poop, right? So I go inside, 
and I poop then if I haven't already. And I apologize for talking about this uh, in mixed company, but I'm just trying to be honest with you here. At this point, I poop. And then at this point, I also, I put in my AirPods. Uh, I listen to some music while I get dressed. Um, by getting dressed, I mean I'm a, I, I sleep pretty much fully dressed. I sleep in sh- a, sh- a t-shirt, and I sleep in underwear, and I sleep in pants. Because uh, that's what's comfortable for me. Uh, and that's how I like sleeping, and that's how I like living. Uh, but I take all of that off, and I put on compression shorts, and I put on gym shorts, or like running shorts or exercise shorts or something. And I usually keep the same t-shirt. And I put my keys in my pocket, and I sometimes fold up a little paper towel and put that in also in my keys pocket, and I put my phone in my pocket. And then I put on my uh, my running shoes, which are some, uh, some form of Adidas Boost shoes, which I've also bought another pair of recently, just because they're so comfortable. Because uh, I, I, I never expected to wear these shoes out and about. I thought I was just buying them for running. Uh, but then I started wearing them as just for like general, you know, like my daily drivers. They're very comfortable. So I bought another pair to wear out and about. And then I wear these ones to run now. But they're very nice. They're very comfortable. And I got all sorts of compliments on them, which feels good. Uh, but that's, that's only, the compliments are only like half the reason I bought them, of course. It's also because I, it feels good to walk in them. And then to also to run in the ones I run in. Anyways, so then after I'm dressed, my pockets are full. I grab my water bottle, my Nalgene. It needs to be at least half full, but it doesn't need to be all the way full because it's kind of heavy when it's all the way full because that's like 38 ounces or maybe 32 ounces or maybe 36 ounces. It's just a lot of water. And then I go down to uh, the workout center at my apartment, at my apartment complex, and, uh, and I start running on the treadmill. I go to the treadmill. There's one I've learned. There's probably like eight treadmills there. And I think that's why I use the treadmill, because there's the most of it. So I know I won't ever have a problem of having to wait for someone to get off or someone waiting for me. And also, it's more likely that I will um, be able to have space between me and other people, right? Because there's like some ellipticals and like little exercise bikes and stuff. But for some of those, depending on the variety of the machine, there's only one of them or there's only two of them. Uh, which is like a night, that's like nightmare fuel. Like that's just asking for trouble. Like what if I was riding a bike, one of those exercise bikes and someone else came on and got on an exercise bike right smack dab next to me. I would have a hard time being comfortable in that situation. I think have a hard time concentrating on my workout. It's difficult enough when I'm running on one treadmill and someone way down at the other end of the row of treadmills is running it's like they're constantly in the corner of my eye and they're, they're running, they're never running exactly at the same speed as me. And I'm always like comparing myself to them and thinking that they're thinking about me. And I usually do feel pretty good about it because I usually run longer than everyone else there with a few exceptions, but it does help. Look, I used to be, I used to not even be able to go in there into any gyms, right? I have major gym phobia. I fix this by lying to myself. And I tell myself now, actually, I don't need to do this now, but at first I told myself 
this is my gym. Like that's, that's how I got over it. Like this is my personal gym. I own it. I own all the stuff in here. And yeah, I do let some other people come in here and use the machines if they want to. Like, yeah, I'm nice like that. Like that was how I got overcame my phobia of going in there and using the, the machines or, or around other people and stuff. For some reason, that's all it took. That's the same, same mental trick I use to, uh, you know, when I have to like walk into a room with a bunch of people I don't know and I'm feeling nervous or anxious. Except in that case, I just tell myself I'm the king of the world. Uh, you know, that seems to work. I just, you know, smile and wave confidently, very confidently, because I'm the king of the world. I don't know if that's good for me. I don't know if that's good for my mind or my ego, but it gets me in the room and I'm comfortable. Yes, I am lying to myself, but you can't deny the results, right? Anyway, so I run on the treadmill for at least 30 minutes. Lately, I've been, I've been managing to run for 45 minutes a lot of the time. And uh, I set, but I'm not running really fast, right? I set it to four miles an hour usually, and I set it to a four degree incline, which I guess is almost nothing, but it's more than nothing, which is key. I think the default incline is one degree anyways. Um, maybe I, actually, la this last time I ran, I, I bumped it up to five degrees incline. So that's good. And uh, sometimes, a couple times I have run at 4.5 miles per hour, which was really pushing it, all right? Especially when you're doing it for tens of minutes. And I also, I also want to take a minute to talk about my Apple Watch, which I don't think I had the last time I made a... Uh, a podcast. I'm not super proud of this thing because uh, I think it looks really dumb on my wrist. I feel kind of like a jerk when I wear it, but it's been helping me so much um, become more healthy, I think, as far as getting more exercise. Because first of all, I think it has like all these like rings on it, these movements, these uh, meters that show, you know, like how many calories, it thinks, you know, it thinks it knows how many calories you've burned today and uh, how many steps you've taken or, uh, you know, how many hours, you know, if you've stood up for a few minutes every hour, you know, all these little metrics like that. And I feel like over the years of playing so many video games, I've been like reprogrammed to want to meet these little uh, goals like this every day. I want to meet these little goals and make these little bars fill up. And so it's, I don't know, it's really been working for me, especially also there's a cool feature where you can and, and there's awards you can win too. So it's just like a video game really because I can like collect little achievements and stuff. Uh, it's, it's, I gotta admit, it's working for me. I don't like wearing it, but I keep wearing it because the, like I said, the results are there. And you can do these um, competitions with your friends if they also have an Apple Watch. I've been doing it, I'm in my second week with a, one of my friends doing a competition. And I think that's making my, me push myself even more because I get a little bit competitive. Sometimes, uh, you know, I've, I've, that, that has been one thing that's pushed me to run for 45 minutes instead of just 30 minutes. And then even later in the day, I'll go for like a, like a one-mile walk down in the town or something just to get, get some more points. So I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. I don't really know what else to say about it except that I like the results that way, as far as the fitness stuff goes. When I told my dad about it, I was like home for some family thing. I was like, I got one of these Apple watches that tracks all my steps and calories and stuff. And he's like, yeah, he's like, 
he started going on about all the the data we're sending off to the you know companies and the government and everything i'm like yeah well you know he's like yeah now they went now he's like now now they know when you go to bed and when you get up and when you go to the bathroom and when you eat lunch and i'm like yeah well maybe they know all this stuff but you know at least i'm healthier uh, i mean they're not using it against me yet i don't think i mean maybe they are using it against me and i just don't know it but I think I'd rather them use it against me and I be healthy than them not use it against me and me sit around, you know, slowly getting fatter. Obviously, it would be better if I didn't have this watch and could think up some way, uh, you know, maybe have like some sort of, you know, better mental or moral fiber where I could make myself work out without this dumb watch. That would be ideal, but it hasn't been happening. So I'm just glad that it works with the watch. And I'm sure the government ha somehow knows when I eat lunch, even without it. So I'm not worried. Maybe I should be. But maybe I'm also healthier right now. So maybe that's a terrible uh, justification. But I try not to think about it too much. Maybe I eat fake lunches to throw them off. Um, anyways, so then I get done running. 30 or 45 minutes. And I wipe off. I, I grab a little, like, have the little wet wipes on the little wet wipe dispenser on the wall. I take that, I wipe it off, and uh, I lately I've been listening. I just listen to an album when I run. Wait, let me take a sip of this. Parch my throat. I mean, my throat was parched. It's tough talking for long periods of time. I don't know, maybe you can like train your throat. Maybe if you do it a lot, your throat becomes, do you think you can get like vocal cord calluses or something? I feel like I talk a lot. Like I do, I stream and I talk a lot, but I take a lot of breaks from talking too. I don't know. Anyways, I just listen, I usually just listen to an album. The past few days I've been listening to uh, some Green Day album, which has been good. There's a few songs in there that really like get me going, like the tempo and the beat uh, really help a lot. Um, before that, I was listening to, uh, well, I started out listening to some AFI, December Underground album. After that, I was listening to some King Crimson. Uh, after that, I was listening to some Lupe Fiasco. And then one day, I listened to some, I listened to some Ramstein. How do you say that? Is there a is there a more authentic way to say that? Ramstein or something? Anyways, I listened to Ramstein and I and I Googled. I went on Google before I went running. I said I Googled best Ramstein album because I saw there are a bunch of them and I didn't want to accidentally listen to like a you know like a bummer album you know because every now and then some an artist will have a bummer album. I wanted to listen to a good one if since I had the option. Excuse me. So whatever random website I found said that this album Mutter. Mutter? Is that how you say it? In English, you'd pronounce it mutter, but I'm, I think it means like mother in German, maybe. I listened to this album, and it's especially perfect because it's exactly 45 minutes long, which is how long I wanted to run for. So I started, I, I pressed start on the treadmill, I pressed start on the album, and I started running, and, uh, and you know, it's, it's just like, it's like metal music, right? And German metal music. I don't really understand any of it, uh, but that's fine. I don't really need to understand it. And then also in front of me, you know how these like work these gyms, 
they have like big TVs on the wall, especially in front of the treadmills. Uh, well, the tre- the big widescreen TV smack dab on the wall in front of my treadmill was kind of broken in the sense that it had it mostly just had a flat, like a blank black screen, except for like every three seconds for about a tenth of a second, an image from the TV, from the channel that, 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 that it was on would flash on the screen, just for like, like a strobe of an image. And it would, every time, every, you know, every three, every three seconds, the image would change because it was just whatever was on TV at that, at that split second. It was just like, like psh, psh, psh. and I felt like I was undergoing some sort of maybe like, like stress therapy or like a stress test, you know, that they make like special agents or astronauts undergo because I was, first of all, I was running on a treadmill, gasping for air, sweating. And I was also listening to like this industrial metal music with German, like uh, indecipherable uh, voices screaming at me. And, you know, because you see that in the movies too, they like, put someone in a box or something and just play metal music at them to test how strong their minds are or something. So I, f- I felt like that angle at, of it was going at me. And then also I had this huge TV in front of me flashing random split second images at me. And, and then also like the rest, this is like one of those, you know how that, that style of design is where it's just like kind of an unfinished grungy design where it's just like an unfinished brick wall and the ceilings have are like exposed rafters and there's like metal conduits going everywhere. That's like the style of the gym, you know, and I'm just like looking around and it's like all coming together and I'm just like, but it was like really weird, but it was like also hyping me up because I was imagining that I really was like an astronaut or a special agent undergoing this stress training. And I was imagining that there were all these, like they had all these like wires and stuff hooked up to me, uh, you know, like testing and, and, uh, reading, you know, like my pulse and my blood pressure and my, my breathing and everything. And who know who, and who knows what else. And yeah, there were just like all these images flashing across the TV screen. I would, I would just like slowly watch them and try to figure out what's going on. You, you see an image of, like a man in the air with a basketball. And you see an image of a man on the the basketball court clutching his ankle. Then you see, oh, it says, 50% off, bathroom, all installations, 18 months free. And then there's a cabinet, a counter, a sink. There's some smiling news anchors. You know, the images keep flashing. There's some news bulletins. There's a smiling picture of an abducted girl. There's a smiling picture of an abductor. There's a police bulletin. There's police officers. The images keep flashing by. I don't know, it just kept going. I felt like I was getting like reprogrammed or something. A smiling lady on a game show. I think she got it wrong. Then an attractive woman in a red dress pointing at what the weather was doing or might do soon. And then uh, 
maybe happy-looking people that they just did business with Geico or True Liant or something. Mostly everyone was smiling, even if something bad had just happened to them or was about to happen to them or had just happened to other people. There were no frowning people on TV. I noticed that much. Even if they were in great pain, they were at least grimacing into a smile. Anyways, at any second I was ready for there to be some sort of like secret code to flash onto the screen or maybe it was being flashed into my mind right then to wake me up. Maybe I was a sleeper agent and I didn't even know it or maybe I was being turned into a sleeper agent right then. Maybe I am one right now. Anyways, so after I finished my reprogramming, I go back home, walk back to the apartment, take a shower, and uh, actually, it, sometimes it takes me a weird amount of time to get into the shower after I get back. I just like, because I like, uh, maybe because I'm like all hot and sweaty and some people talk about taking cold showers at some times in their lives and I could just never take a cold shower for some reason. No matter how hot and how sweaty I am, I can never take a cold shower. That is like torture to me. Do people really mean they take cold showers or do they just, are they really saying they take less hot showers, like showers that just aren't quite as hot. Maybe like room temperature shower is maybe tolerable in the most extreme circumstances. But no, I like taking hot showers all the time. So maybe I don't feel like hopping right in the shower immediately when I get back because I'm already hot and sweaty. So I sit down on my computer and just kind of sit there dripping sweat. You know, I check my email or whatever or something, who knows. And then eventually I get in the shower and I feel like I, now that I'm working out, you know, I, I'm going through so many more clothes this way, so many more shirts, so many more pairs of underwear, so many more pairs of compression shorts. I have like I had to buy like more packs of this stuff. I have I have two pairs of like gym shorts or whatever you want, running shorts or exercise shorts. I don't know what they're called. They don't feel like gym shorts. I guess they are gym shorts. I don't know. I have two pairs of those. I just wash them sometimes. Like I know I'm pretty much only wearing them to the gym. And I just hang them on a hook in my bathroom, which seems kind of gross, but I, should I get more pairs of these too? Should I only wear them once a week? Only wear them once before washing them? I wear them like four times each before washing them, which now that I'm saying it out loud, sounds really disgusting. In fact, I have a, I have a black pair and a gray pair, and I wear them depending on what color my shirt is, because, I mean, you gotta look good when you go to the gym. People are watching, you know? But I also don't look good when I go to the gym because I wear a bandana around my head. And I don't know how everyone doesn't wear a bandana around their head or some sort of sweatband because once or twice I have forgotten that and so much sweat goes down into my eyes. That is really like torture. Not the listening to metal music and having the images flashed at you. That is the real stress test there. Staying on top of the sweat drip. So I got to wear the sweat. I think I probably look super dorky. That's fine. I'm past that. And then, um, yeah, after that, I make myself lunch, which these days is I walk out of the shower and I, ha- I listen to music on the Bluetooth speaker when I'm, when I'm in the shower and I walk out and I take the Bluetooth speaker with me, put it in the kitchen, still playing the same music. Who knows what I listen to in the shower? Different stuff, you know, whatever. And then uh, these days I, I for lunch, I usually have two veggie burgers um, and a big side of Brussels sprouts. And I cook these two 
the two veggie burger patties, and the big side of Brussels sprouts in the skillet at the same time. Uh, the Brussels sprouts take maybe about one or two minutes longer, and but that's okay. I just yeah. And while you know things are cooking, I get the buns out. I put mayonnaise on the bottom bottom bun, and then I put Dijon, uh, not Dijon, but the spicy brown like gray poupon mustard on the top bun, and then on top of that, on top of that mustard, I put uh, each one slice of what's, what kind of cheese is it? It is. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Wait, let me go look real quick. I'm gonna. It's gonna drive me crazy. Looking. Provolone cheese. Provolone cheese. So that it, my buns are all ready. Every, the whole sandwich is ready except for the except for the, the patty. So eventually the patty's ready. I even put a little bit of like Montreal steak seasoning on the patties. And then I slap, put the put those on the buns, flip the buns over so the cheese is re- resting right on the nice hot patty. And then the the uh, Brussels sprouts stay on for just a second or two longer. Then I dump those onto the plate next to my two veggie burgers. And, uh, boy, that's a good lunch right there. I drink it. I wash it all down with the can of seltzer like this. Mm. That's good. Is that a good lunch? I don't know. And then later, you know, maybe like an hour later, I get like a tiny bit hungry again. Maybe I feel like I'm eating too much, but I am, I am, you know, I guess I'm working a lot, burning a lot of calories too. So I don't know. I eat an apple later. Usually I buy Either the Fuji or the the Gala apples, and uh, they're pretty good. I like them. I like them crispy and crunchy. I mean, who doesn't? What I really don't understand is the people who eat the Granny Smith apples. I can pretty much eat any apple, except for a Granny Smith apple. Those I can't. I just cannot choke down. And sometimes people make a caramel apple. Have you ever had a good caramel apple? You know, with the actual, you know, dipped in the actual nice hot caramel. Uh, you know, it's like and it's like dripping down around it. Apparently, the classic thing to make the caramel apple with is the Granny Smith, and I kind of understand it because you have the juxtaposition between the kind of the bitter and the sweet. But I still I can't eat the whole thing because once there's no more caramel, I usually maybe I don't portion it out right, ration out the caramel right because I have I would have to have some caramel with every single bite of Granny Smith. I can't have just a naked pure bite of Granny Smith apple. It's just too much for me. I don't know. It makes me pucker up like, like a, like a really like a like a super powered Jolly Rancher or one of those warheads or something. It's bad. Maybe I've just had bad experience with Granny Smith apples. Have I had? Have I not had good ones? Or do you guys just like super sour stuff? Anyways, I eat apples sometimes, and then I get to work. You know, whether whatever it is, I need to work on that day. Or want to. I guess I don't need to work on anything. But, uh, yeah. Like today, I uh, worked on my um, accordion that uh, like folded drawing books some more. Streamed for about six hours. That was good. And then I got too hungry. I had to stop. And today was weird. It was abnormal. Um, today, for the first time in my life, I went to counseling. Which I guess, is that the same as therapy? I don't know. The person was a counselor, not a therapist, not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. 
um, a counselor. And, you know, it was good. I recommend it to anyone. Go on like a psychologytoday.com. Find you one in your area. And uh, I don't know. It's good to be able to just talk through things with someone. I think it's very helpful. It's expensive. Maybe your insurance, there's a very good chance your insurance is better than mine. Because I have the deductible on my insurance is almost $8,000. So I have to pay like $100 every time I go. Uh, maybe I'll finally, maybe if I go enough, I can find, if I go 80 times in one month, then I'll reach my deductible. There's a goal to live up to. <laughs> Anyways, no, but I I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going back to the counseling. I like it. I like it. It's scary. It's daunting. It's it's You feel vulnerable to sign up and go and walk in there and start talking to a stranger about this stuff. But if once you get going, it just feels so good to just get it out, start talking about it. I mean, I, you don't just like magically solve all your problems or anything. But uh, I just want to... If there's anyone out there who's wondering if they should or hasn't considered it before, I think you should. I think you should consider it. Counseling. It's, I think counseling doesn't sound as bad as therapy. I don't know. I feel like when you say you need, you know, get some therapy, that implies something is wrong with you. But I think everyone can use some counseling. And what, is, is there someone out there who's, perfectly happy and their life is perfect and they're doing everything is just ideal and everything is how they want it and they handle everything you know just perfectly i don't think so it's i think everyone everyone's lives and their mentally and phys, you know emotionally you know their headspace and everything can be improved a little bit just by i don't know I, i'm no expert so feel free to ignore me on this topic more than all the other topics you can ignore me on um Oh, let me let me tell you about my trip to Yosemite, okay? Yosemite, as some people say, out in grand old California. We flew into San Francisco, and we immediately didn't drive across the Golden Gate Bridge. To get out, we drove across some other bridge, which didn't look as cool, but it seemed like it was about between four and eight times as long, <clears throat> excuse me, four and eight times as long as the Golden Gate Bridge. Just a heck of a bridge. Very long, lengthy bridge. And we drove a few few hours, maybe like two or three or ten hours, I don't know. Drove to Yosemite, and we camped there for about five days. And then the second two, I mean the last two days of the week, we camped in Sequoia National Park, or maybe Kings Canyon, which are two parks that are really close to each other. But for those last two days, we were concentrating on looking at the huge sequoia trees, which are just incredibly big trees. Like it was very discouraging to 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 know that later I was going to have to, you know, try to tell people about how big these trees were, and I just had to kind of resign myself to the fact that there's no way I can really tell people how big these trees are besides saying they're really, really big or, you know, rattle off some numbers about, you know, cubic meters or something or how tall or how wide or dimensions, you know, circumference or diameter. You know, numbers don't really mean that much to our heads. 
but they were really big, and you couldn't even take good pictures of them because if you're if you're near it, it doesn't the whole, these huge trees don't fit in your phone's uh, viewfinder, and if you're far away, then it's small because things get small when you're far away, so then it doesn't feel as big. I mean, every now and then you can get a good picture with like a little a little you know dot of a person down at the bottom of the tree, but it still doesn't really do it justice. It's like it's like, you know, it's like trying to take a picture of a sunset. You might snap a couple shots, but eventually you're just like, you know, I should probably just put my phone away and enjoy it. Enjoy being here. There's no way I can do it justice with a photo. So I, I did. And I took my camera. I took my camcorder on this trip because I was planning on, you know, you know, making the most of it. But I... Once I got there, I, I, I actually did, now that I think about it, I did record about maybe two, or two to three minutes of footage on the first morning. But after that, I realized I just wanted a vacation. And I didn't think it was very healthy of me to ne- like never take like an actual vacation. Never, like even when I was taking like something that could be a vacation like this, to turn it into work like this and always be trying to turn it into like a YouTube video or something. So I just put my camera away and left my camera away for the rest of the trip. And it was really refreshing and freeing and it felt great. I still snap some pictures of my phone every now and then, but I just really enjoy just being there, soaking it up, you know, hanging out with my friends. Cause I really have some anxiety about that anyways, about being, you know, recording a lot of video when I'm places with other people, like being that guy who's always like, Hey, Say hello, everybody. Like, do they want to be in the video? Are they going to feel like they have to act different because I have the camera rolling and all this stuff? You know, it's like, like they didn't, my friends didn't sign up for this trip because they wanted to make a cool YouTube video. So, I mean, I think maybe I should go on some like solo trips or something to some some cool places if I want to make some cool travel logs or something that way, you know, because I remember the last time I went on a trip, I wanted to get some cool shots, but I have to stop, you know, to make like a cool sweeping shot of a valley or something. And my friends, you know, they're just like, like, should they keep hiking? Should they stand there and wait for me? And it's just like, I don't want to like be an inconvenience in that way either. So maybe I'll make some cool little solo trips or something if I, if I want to do, do that kind of thing. But I don't know if I even have a huge passion for travel logs and that sort of thing. I think I just want to draw pictures for the most part. (laughs) Anyways, um, Yosemite was cool, all right? But I've been on some other trips, especially with this group of people lately. Uh, We go on like one trip a year. Last year, you know, we went to um, Banff and Jasper National Park in Alberta, Canada, and also down to Glacier National Park. And I think I liked that better. Yosemite was amazing. It was iconic. But I think that's kind of the problem. Like, it was almost too iconic, like, a lot of the stuff I saw, I felt like I had seen already so many times before. Not that it wasn't amazing to stand there and see it in person, but also because it was so iconic, it was also a huge tourist attraction, and there were a lot of people everywhere. And, like, there are all these lodges, you know. Uh, I, never, I never really felt like I was truly away. I never felt like I was truly out in the wilderness anywhere. Of course... I never thought we really were because we were doing the kind of camping where you really camp out in your car, you know, or, you know, you just like pull up to a spot, pull your tents out of your car and 
pop your tents down at the spot that you've reserved or whatever, and there's like a little building over there with toilets in it sort of deal. But I feel like in the past that we've been to other spots and you, you've at least felt more remote. We still had to drive ways to get here, but this place just seemed a lot more um, you know, like, what's that word? Uh, the, the, the thing they do to Christmas? Um, uh, what's the word? You guys ever forget words? I forget words sometimes. This they, they anyways. It's like in it for the money, you know. And they're not crazy to do that. It's definitely a beautiful place, and I, I loved the the clouds. There were some great clouds there. Great waterfalls, and great rocks. Uh, but also, it's kind of small too. Yosemite. It's just like, it's just like this one little valley. To be honest, it seems like not that big of a place. I, I did see um, the big cliff. I think it's called El, Cap- El Capitan, where that guy Free Solo, cool guy Free Solo. I never got to meet him. Didn't even see him. We did drive by it, and we're like, oh, I wonder if anyone's climbing it. Doesn't look like it. But then we looked. If you stop and look closer, you see like little dots on the side of it. You're like, oh, no. People are climbing it. They look like smaller than ants, you know? It's crazy. You're just driving by. You, you don't, it doesn't even look, you don't even realize how big it is. Like, it's like, oh yeah, look, there's a cliff. I wonder if people, and yeah, it's massive. I hadn't seen them. I hadn't seen the movie. I went home afterwards and watched it and it was pretty interesting. It's a, it's a good movie. Um, I thought it was mostly an interesting movie because, well, despite the fact that it's about a guy f- free climbing, uh, like setting a f- world free climbing record, um, I thought it, I enjoyed how it it focused a lot on the documentary film crew itself because I feel like so many times you watch these documentaries and I don't know about you but I my brain gets caught up in wondering how they get all these shots like half the time I can't even enjoy the documentary because I'm sitting here wondering yeah but how do they get this shot you know and I know there are like you know what are these what are those BBC ones, the Planet Earth ones? I think there's a few documentaries about those documentaries, about the incredible lengths they went to to get some of those shots. You know, they wait for months and months and do crazy things, camping out and just waiting and waiting and stuff like that. Uh, but in this documentary, they even, you know, talked about how, you know, like like he, this guy had his, his route planned out up the cliff face and they're talking to him about, you know, like which parts were most difficult he was most nervous about. So they were planning, you know, like, you know, like, okay, we'll have one cameraman rappel down here to get this shot as you go by. And we'll have another one uh, rappel down here to get this shot as you climb by. And they have, you know, like one super zoom lens camera way down in the valley, just kind of tracking him as he climbs the whole way. And then for like the really stressful parts, the, well, the parts where he thought he could fall and die, I guess, where that was likely. Uh, they had remote cameras just like bolted onto the side of onto the side of the cliff because they didn't want like a person there distracting him. And so I don't know. It was just cool to see that aspect of it where they were planning out the filming of the documentary, you know. And even yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much. I mean, there's not that there's much to spoil. The guy makes it. You know that he does because they made a documentary about it, and it's not like a sad thing. But you know. Anyways, um, 
No, there were some great waterfalls there. Cool people. It's a good time. Almost anything is almost anything is fun if you go and you do it with the right people. I believe that. Sorry, just drinking drinking a little more. I feel like I'm losing my voice halfway through this. So how are you guys doing today? You doing all right? How was school? How was work? How was sitting on the couch? How was driving? How was, how are the kids? How's mom? How's dad? Good. Uh, uh, well, sorry to hear that. Hope it gets better. It goes like that sometimes. Also, you want to hear something weird? (sighs) Lately, I've thought that very casually, I've very casually suspected that maybe I have some some form of uh, multiple or split personality disorder, and I think that the. Now take this with a grain of grain of salt because a hundred percent of what I know about these disorders, um, all the information I have and knowledge about these disorders is gleaned straight from uh, movies and television. All right, so I know right off the bat that I'm probably completely wrong, and I'm just entertaining myself with these notions. But a friend of mine, uh, who I don't see all the time, maybe I see him like. At most once a week, uh, maybe once a month. Lately, more often. Lately, sometimes even twice a week. Uh, A friend of mine, he got a new roommate. He got a new roommate, and his roommate's name is Peter. All right, and even before I met this guy named Peter, I think, sorry, I made the mic pop there. I haven't figured out all my mic, my mic setup yet. I hope it's, hope the sound has been all right. Anyways, so before I even met this new roommate named Peter, I was a little bit apprehensive because I haven't met a... In fact, I don't even remember ever meeting another Peter in my whole life. Which is weird because you hear the name Peter and the first thing you think isn't, wow, what a weird, uncommon, rare name, right? You're like, oh, Peter. But how many Peters have you met? Probably not a lot, right? Maybe you have, which would surprise me. But maybe you just had different experiences than me. Maybe you live in a different part of the world than me. Maybe you live with different generations of people than me. Because you know how names go with generations sometimes. Anyways, I've never really met another Peter. And the thought of meeting another Peter, much less the the thought of another Peter kind of being introduced to our friend group, uh, was a little bit intimidating to me, a little bit daunting, uh, a little bit scary. Not in like a scary way, but just like, you know, like, what's going to happen, you know? Like, I don't know why. Just a lot, of, a lot of our identity, I think, is tied up in our names. So, eventually I meet him. And uh, he's, like kind of a, he's kind of like the opposite of my personality, I might say. And I don't want to say this in a bad way, but he's like very, uh, it's like very confident. He's like, um, he's like in school, or he just finished school to be a doctor. Now he's like beginning his residency 
to become a doctor. He's got like one of those type A personalities, you know, he's very confident. He's very like fit and athletic. Uh, he's very self-sure. I'm saying that instead of cocky. Okay. But I think cocky is probably a good word to use, but I, I'm his friend now. Okay. So I'm saying this friendly in a friendly way. Do you know that movie Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Uh, where there was like this opposite version of Scott that popped up called Nega Scott. I feel like this guy is like the opposite version of me. He's like, he's got like a, a good strong personality, but it's like you took my personality and switched it all around. Okay. It's probably not true, but that's kind of how it strikes me at first glance. In more ways than I've described right now. Anyways. So, after we hung out, we we like we were like at like a we we're like we we're at a cookout together or something one evening, and then I go home, and then I start thinking. I'm like, what if this guy was all in my imagination? And I started thinking about like all these movie scenes and movies I've seen, like Fight Club, uh, you know, and A Beautiful Mind, you know, with John Nash or whatever his name was. And I start thinking, like in Beautiful Mind, John Nash, he had that he had an imaginary roommate. And I start thinking all those scenes where he thought everyone else could see the guy. Nobody actually could. I'm like, is that what it was like at the cookout just now? Like in every situation at this cookout, every time I've seen this guy, maybe he hasn't actually been there and it's just been me. Everything he said, I've actually said, or every interaction has all been me. He actually, this other Peter actually offered to fight me in a friendly way. Cause I said, it came up that I'd never been in a fight before and he's been in like lots of fights, right? Another like opposite, opposite thing about our personalities. And then also it, I found out that he has the same middle name as me, which is crazy. We, we, we both thought this was crazy. Also, he seems to just appear places. Like, I've never seen him get in a car or get out of a car. When I arrive at a place, he's either there already or he just arrives. Uh, and it seems like whenever we're hanging out with a group, I'm always sitting right next to him, you know, so I could easily be both of us. Uh, and I don't know. I just feel like there's so... And I, on the internet, pretend to be a doctor sometimes, right? And he actually is becoming a doctor, there's like so many like little things that more than I've mentioned just now, I feel like that are just like popping into my head. I'm like, maybe this guy isn't even real and I'm actually him also, or he's me. Maybe I'm not the real one. Someone else mentioned as I was, I was trying to casually talk about this, right? Uh, on, on Twitch chat, someone told me to, count my pieces of bread before I, you know, how many pieces of bread are left in my loaf of bread every night before I go to bed. And if I wake up and there's less pieces of bread than I counted, uh, then that's a very bad sign. But that sounds terrifying. I can't imagine something more scary than counting bread and then finding out there's one missing, you know, when you live alone. I don't think I want to find out that way, especially since I don't think it's my life is being negatively affected by this at the moment. This, just, this is just a, like a little, it's like a little speculation, 
right? Plus, plus, I, before I lived in Greensboro, I lived in Wilmington. And before I lived in Wilmington, I lived in Chicago for a couple of years. Before he lived, before he came to North Carolina also, he also lived in Chicago. It's like we both have the same recent past. It's, it's weird. Like I keep on finding more things that make us either more similar or absolute opposites or something like that. I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's weird in a good way because it's making it very um, amusing for me to think about and toy with in my head. Just for, record, just for the record, I don't, I don't think I actually think that he is me. I don't think so. I haven't had the guts, you know, to say, to ask another person in my friend group, do you see that guy over there? Actually, I think I did. No, actually, I said it to Peter, and then he pretended that there was an invisible person next to him. Maybe that was all in my mind. I wonder if my... And I feel like this... As an artist, you know, maybe I act weird all the time and nobody to me is, you know how like in uh, Fight Club, what's her name? Marla was always like getting mad at, um, what's his name? The main character for, you know, like acting different all the time. Like, oh, you're this way one day and this way, you know, the next morning or whatever. So far, no one has said anything like that to me, I don't think. I mean, I don't think. Maybe they say it to the other Peter. Maybe I should count my loaves of bread. I mean, my slices, but actually I don't have any bread right now. I, the last, <clears throat> excuse me, the last loaf of bread I bought, I didn't eat it fast enough and it got moldy, so I throw it away. I mean, maybe I'll count my apples. Actually, actually, I do have bread right now, but it's, it's uh, hamburger buns. I bought four different types of, um, four different types of veggie burgers today at, at the grocery store to try them all out, see which one was the best. And then when I got home, I was talking to everyone on my, on my Twitch stream as I was drawing. I was talking to them about all my veggie burgers. Um, and then they told me about the Impossible Burger. Is that something you can buy in a grocery store? Or do you have to order that at a restaurant? Or where do you get that? Because apparently it's the best. And I feel like I should have just... I feel bad for not getting that also. So I have like 16 veggie burgers right now I need to try. Of four different types. Because I think you usually get like four four per box. I don't know. The ones I tried tonight were okay. They tasted like, uh, to, to be honest, the, they tasted kind of like Salisbury steak, which isn't that high of praise, but it's, I mean, pretty good for a veggie burger, I guess. I don't know what they make them out of. Soy or garbanzo beans or something. Who knows? Yeah, and I ate them with, I ate them with the Brussels sprouts, just like always. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other day when I was sitting out on my balcony, I, did I tell you I don't wear pants sometimes? Yeah, I, I sat out there for lunch too, or right after lunch reading some more. And I got the worst sunburn on my legs, just on the top of my legs. And I, and I'm worried about tanning my legs because I don't really know how to tan the back of my legs because I can't like lay down on my stomach. I guess I'll just have to go to the pool. I feel like the, the pool is the next scary thing I need to need to overcome after I've overcome the you know the 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 mental game of going to the 
the gym. The pool is next. Maybe if I go to the gym a little longer, then I will feel more confident about my body. And then I can go to the pool, lay out, get a lot of sun. Tell me the difference between tanning suntan lotion and sunscreen. Is it all the same thing? I don't want to put it on. I don't, I don't want to block the sun because I want to get a tan, right? I don't, I don't want my legs to be so pasty white because I wear pants so much. My legs are very, very white. But I, also, I don't want to get a sunburn. I want to get a tan, but I want to put on like, a, like SPF 70 or something and lay out there for an hour or something and it do nothing. That feels counterproductive. What's the correct, what's the correct action here? What do I do? Just lay out 15 minutes each side of my legs, call it a day, you know, err on the side of uh, caution so I don't get a burn, don't get cancer. I think maybe the, the secret for not being nervous at the pool is once again, just to say, tell myself, this is my pool. These people can come hang out here if they want. I think that'd probably work. I, I can feel it working already. I should probably go hang out at my pool sometime, get some sun. I already found my trunks. I was unpacking stuff for the summer. They're nice trunks, bright orange. I like them. Probably super dorky. I don't care. I feel like they're not a good, a lot of good trunk options for guys. You know, they all kind of look kind of dumb unless you're wearing like board shorts or something. I'm not sure. I don't really know what's in. I don't know. I don't really know what trunk trends are in right now. Maybe I need to go scope it out. I'll wear my wear my dorky trunks a couple of times till I see what see what the other fellas are wearing. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'll just wear my dorky trunks forever. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll set the trend. Maybe they'll come around to my way of thinking. Yeah. That's more like it. They'll see how they'll see how it's supposed to be. I don't really have anything else to say. I almost made it to an hour too. Also, I have no. If I if I talk about how I don't have anything to say for long enough, we'll make it to an hour. Also, I don't have no idea what this drawing is. It's kind of weird that you're listening to me talk and you're watching the drawing right now. Maybe I actually I, a lot of you don't look at the drawings because you're just listening or you're falling asleep or you're driving or you're listening on Spotify or some other platform that doesn't have the video content at all. But some of you see the drawing. And for me, in my timeline, this drawing doesn't exist yet. It doesn't even exist in my mind. I don't even know what kind of paper or pen I'm going to use or what it, what it could be. So what do you think? That's pretty weird. That messes with me at least a little bit. But I should probably wrap it up now because it's 10, 10, 17 p.m. Ugh, getting tired. I'll do the drawing tomorrow. But I also need to work. I also need to stream the stream working on that sketchbook drawing. So maybe I'll do two drawings tomorrow. We'll see. Depends how energetic and, and productive I'm feeling. But thanks for listening, everyone. It's been great. Glad to have you. Thanks for tuning in to episode 21 of... Peter's content-free podcast. All right. Oh, no, it's not an hour yet. I really want it to be one hour. I feel like it's just at like 59.44 right now. 
really, I really want it to be one hour long. An hour, an hour long podcast. <laughs>